Hey y'all, welcome to my podcast, Broken to Breathtaking. In this podcast, I teach you all about healthy relationships, healing from trauma, and supporting loved ones through abuse and mental illness. If this is something that you're interested in, feel free to hit the subscribe because I update every other Wednesday. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing what to know before you fall in love, four key things that you should know before you allow yourself to enter the dating realm. All right, let's get into it. Hello, hello, and welcome back, my friends. Today we are discussing a rather interesting topic, what to know before you fall in love. Now, there are so many things that could be beneficial, but I really wanted to boil it down to four things that I think are vitally important. I have a tendency to super analyze every potential relationship and just like really psychoanalyze and be like, what can I learn from this? What can I learn from that? And every relationship or friendship I've ever had, there has been something that I've taken from it or that I've learned. And I have done massive amounts of research. After my bad, toxic, abusive friendship with Akiko and Callie ended, I just poured myself into researching how do I avoid this again? How can I have a healthy relationship? Because I really don't want to end up in an abusive relationship with my husband. So how can I avoid that? And I found that there are a few key ways to protect yourself and to find somebody who is happy, healthy, and confident and to find the best, most independent, wonderful, happy form of love that you can find. And of course, nobody's perfect and sometimes we're gonna mess up and our partners are gonna mess up, etc., etc. But we're gonna discuss some ways to, to potentially try and avoid some of the bigger mess ups, to recognize patterns, etc., etc. All right, so the first, the most important one I'm actually gonna cover last because that's the one I could talk about the most because that's the one that I have the most experience with. So we're going to go to tip number one of things to know before you fall in love. Number one, what a healthy relationship looks like versus what a toxic relationship looks like. Now this is super important. This is something you can learn in the midst of a relationship, but if you are really used to being in toxic relationships and that's what you expect, that's what you've had throughout your life, you have a pattern of falling into those relationships and it's super, super important to take a break for a little bit. Let yourself be single. Let yourself have no friends if need be, right? If you have healthy support systems, yes, go to them. But for the time being, if you just exited a super abusive, toxic relationship, don't enter another relationship right away. Allow yourself to learn what healthy versus toxic looks like and what it looks like to you and to identify what's okay and what's not. What are my boundaries? What does it look like when someone's respecting my boundaries? And if you really need help working through this, feel free to reach out to a counselor, a therapist, a life coach. You can reach out to me. I'm more than happy to help, but I'm by no means a licensed psychiatrist yet. But I'm more than happy to give you some tips, to talk to you, to listen to what you have to say, and to help you work through it and figure out for yourself what healthy versus toxic looks like and what are some general rules and if you want me to I'm probably going to create a whole podcast episode about that one topic in particular so we're not going to dive super deep into that today that's going to be another episode but that is something that is of value to know what does a healthy relationship look like 
how can I obtain it? Because then that's what you're looking for. And if that's what you're looking for, that's what you're going to attract. So that's the first one. Uh, a tip here on something that you can do, I just barely did this recently, and I'm still currently working on it, is go through and write up a list of things that you want in a relationship. And you can do this for all kinds of relationships. You can do this for your romantic, uh, for a spouse, for a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or you can do this for family You can or your future family. You can be like, what do I want my relationship with my kids to look like? What do I want my relationship with my friends or my parents or my coworkers to look like? And so on and so forth. So you can really just be like, what do I want? And if you have your focus on what you want, you're going to be inviting that into your life because you're not dwelling on the negative so much. Okay, that's the first one. So identify what a healthy versus a toxic relationship looks like, and this can take time. It's taken me technically my whole life, but it's taken me a couple years of really in-depth research, and I'm still learning. I'm still learning every day what healthy versus toxic looks like. Tip number two for something that you need to know before you fall in love. Now, oh, here's the thing. Okay, y'all, there's two sides of falling in love. And if you have too much of one, you set yourself up for disaster. So on the one hand, there's your logical brain. You wanna be able to think things through. And on the other side of things, there's your feelings. You're gonna be more attracted to certain people than other people, and that's okay. You don't have to be with someone you're not attracted to. That's the beauty of today's world. But you want to be careful that you're not pulling an aerial and leading with only your heart, right? A lot of, we ha we've had a lot of fairy tales teach us that that's the way to do it, that it's love at first sight. Unfortunately, that's actually not how that works because if you don't know anything about a person, who's, fun fact, you don't know anything about them and anything could happen. So... Thankfully, it works out in the Disney versions, but often it actually doesn't work out in the original fairy tales, the whole love at first sight thing. So attraction is super important, and that love and that feeling of passion and whatever, whatever, that's all super important. But you need to balance that with logic. And if you have too much logic and you're thinking through it too much, then you're also going to be disconnected from some really powerful emotional beautiful connections that come from the emotional side of things. So you need to be able to figure out how to balance both of them. And that's a learning process that takes time. You're not going to be perfect at it on the first try and that's okay. So have forgiveness for yourself, right? Cause none of us are perfect and we're all still learning, but these are some just valuable, valuable key points to keep in mind while you're going into it. When you are re-entering the dating world, maybe you've gone through some, a healing process you're feeling a lot better you're like yeah I'm ready to go back into the dating realm and so be aware of okay that I'm feeling this I really am I really like this person do the things that I know I need you know are those present is this healthy etc etc so be logical but also allow your feelings as well you need a little bit of both um, but alongside along those lines after that whole tangent the point of that is you need to be aware of their patterns. Now, I don't know if any of you have read, and if you haven't, you should go check out the book How to Avoid Falling in Love with a Jerk by John Van Epp. So, so good. I have learned so much from it, even though it takes me years to read through a self-help book because I am a fantasy writer. 
but still so much valuable knowledge that I've gained just from reading that one book. And and John Van Epp talks a lot about noticing patterns. So a pattern, it can be anything. It can be good and it can be bad. It really depends on the person and the situation, but a pattern can make or break a relationship. So what you need to be aware of is give yourself at least a grace period of at least three months, right? Three months where you're just friends or three months where you're not really serious and you're not all touchy-touchy and you're not all lovey-dovey, right? Three months where you're getting to know each other because in three or four months, that gives enough time for patterns to show up. Okay, example. I had a friend once upon a time, and I'm probably going to reference him a few more times, but he was really into me. I wasn't really into him, but he had a really severe pornography addiction. Now, he told me about that about a month into our friendship, but I didn't realize how bad it was until about four months later, and it was actually, I didn't know how bad it was until actually I left Idaho and I came home because I was struggling And had I been in a healthier place, I probably would have been able to recognize more the times that he pushed my boundaries. Because at that point, y'all, I had literally, here's kind of how things played out, right? I dropped one of, I dropped Akiko, one of my abusers, and I made a police report. And the very next week, I was off to college. So I really didn't have any time to heal so that semester of college I was in a really really bad place and it wasn't until halfway through that semester that I let go of Callie the second abusive friend so I was not in a good place my boundaries had all been crossed I had no idea what boundaries were what they looked like or how to set them and I was having severe PTSD and So I was in a really, really dark place and a really bad place. So I wasn't able to recognize, hey, I'm uncomfortable. Like I knew I was uncomfortable, but I wasn't able to recognize that that's what it was. I'm uncomfortable. He's doing things and behaving a certain way around me and I don't like it. But I would always add on, but it's so close to the end of semester. It's too late for me to make other friends. So I'm just going to deal with it or what have you. So, but he ended up showing a pattern of falling into pornography and then he would get depressed and then it would, you know, be a certain way. So that was one of his patterns was a pornography addiction and that is killer. And we're going to talk about that in another episode. Pornography is detrimental to a relationship, to a family, to your brain, to your life, to the way you view people. We'll talk about that in another episode, but that one... That one's important to look out for and to resolve in yourself before you, if you, if you have an addiction pornography, you need to resolve that before you get in any relationships or if you're already in one, go work on it because that is going to destroy your family faster than anything else. Okay. But that is a pattern that will show up, especially in today's day and age. You're going to meet a lot of people when you enter the dating realm who have at least struggled with pornography in the past or been exposed to it, and you need to be aware of all of those circumstances and how it's affecting them. Especially if they had an addiction, it's very likely to come up again in the future. Have they actually fully resolved this? And when I first, when he first started talking about it, he wasn't willing to work on it. Like he knew it was bad, but he wasn't willing to actually get the help he needed. And that's that was one of my big, nope, sorry, can't be with you moments was because of that. Okay, we'll get into that later though. So 
another pattern that he had was a pattern of misunderstanding or pushing boundaries and he wasn't doing it to be harmful it was because he had a pornography addiction he didn't understand what was okay and his more sexual desires were more coherent in his brain so he didn't understand what's okay what's not all of that was blurred because of his years and years of being exposed to pornography and so he would push my boundaries so that is a pattern he had a pattern of those things there are good patterns too so a pattern of honesty right if they're willing to come and talk to you when they total your like a child totals your car if they're willing to come and talk to you right that is honesty if he has a or that she has a pattern of being very loving to their parents if they have a pattern of cheating that'll come out hopefully in three to four months if they have a pattern of whatever else so identify those patterns and what you're willing to put up with what you're not next observe how they are in different situations this is where the fun comes in y'all okay so different situations different levels of stress different levels of sleep or whatever that's gonna be a key indicator like how does this person react to life travel is a great way to figure these things out about people I'm just this is one of the reasons why travel is so phenomenal and why I know anything about myself and how I react in situations is because of travel and I say this because a person can be one way, but as soon as they're in a super high stressful, um, difficult financial, low sleep situation, they might react completely different. And the thing is, especially if you're looking to get married, there are going to be situations in life when you are in a committed relationship with this person where there are high stress situations, where you're not getting sleep, where the money is, where finances are tight and difficult to handle, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you need to know how this person's going to react in those situations, or at least have a general idea of how they're going to respond and how you're going to respond. But yeah, so you really want to observe how people are in different situations. So if you're only ever going to the movies or and going on a walk you're really not gonna get a range of how this person reacts in different situations and you never know what kind of situations are going to come up in your life I'm, I'm sorry if that stresses you out but you're just not that's actually kind of the fun and exciting thing about life honestly and that alongside of that if you're only ever texting or snapchatting or facetiming this person but especially like just texting or snapchatting you're really not gonna get a a idea of who this person really truly is and what their red flags are and what their patterns are because you're not seeing a lot of things that are occurring because they're not gonna if, if they, it's a negative pattern they're not just gonna tell you most of the time sometimes they do which is nice that's a pattern of honesty but um you want to you need to ex expose them to different situations and different circumstances. And my dad knows this. And he jokes about how when I finally get serious with somebody, he has this whole fun plan about taking this guy. He was going to do it with my brother, so it depends on if my brother's off his mission or not. But taking this guy that I'm dating and going on this intense trip with him, like an adventure race trip where they're pushed to their limits to see how is he going to react when he is pushed to his limits. Um, when when he's being challenged, when he's tired, when his feet hurt, 
whatever, whatever, right? When he has to make all of the big decisions about the trip and the finances or whatever, whatever comes up, how does this person react? And so when you're dating, you can simulate this. You can go on different kinds of adventures, which is the, where the fun comes in, right? You can go cross-country skiing. You can go have a picnic. You can go someplace totally different that you've never been before and you can do and you can have the other person have to plan it see how it goes see if you like how they plan it you can you know expose them to all different things it's also wise to consider not in a toxic manipulative or abusive way to do some things or at least be aware when you when you do these things right how they react so let them be disappointed or let them go through things right don't set up really terrible situations but example i had a friend who was who would get very very excited to come hang out with me at least once every single week usually two or three times a week and there were times where it got to be too much for me or i just wasn't emotionally able to handle it and so there were times where I had to let him be disappointed. Now, with my past toxic friends, when I would cancel plans, especially last minute, it was it was the end of the world. Like I was not they I was not I was not getting out of that very easily. With him, it was super easy. I could say, I'm so sorry, I have to cancel, and I could cancel a few hours before. And obviously he'd be disappointed, but he'd be like, okay, no worries. Bro, that's so much nicer. <laughs> How do they react when they're disappointed? How do they react when you say no? How do they react when you set a firm boundary, especially if that boundary wasn't there before? How do they react when you spill food on them or when you can't hang out that day or when whatever happens, right? Okay, next. Number four, how do they interact with other people? So in a long-term relationship such as marriage, there are going to be periods of time in which you're not as connected or in which you feel more like different, different kinds of relationships, right? So there are going to be times where you feel a little more like strangers or a little more like friends or a little more like where that relationship kind of ebbs and flows right? And it's important in those times, it's important to know how they're going to treat you when that happens. So for example, I think the biggest one is pay attention. How does this person treat strangers? So if you're on a date, uh, maybe you're at a nice dinner and they're being rude to the waiter, boom, end of story, we're done because I'm not going to have you treating me like that. Also, it's just sad that you would treat anybody like that. So, no thanks, pass, bye. All right? Pay attention to those things. How do they how does how does this person interact with their mother or father or aunt or caretaker of some form? How do they interact with that per How do they interact with the mother figure in their life? Are they respectful and loving and kind or are they temperamental and aggressive and what whatever else? Pay attention to that. Because they're going to treat you like that at some point. However they treat that person, they're going to treat you at some point. How do they treat their friends? Treat their friends great, they're going to treat you great. So just keep keep tabs on that. And you can talk to 
friends and family, once you start getting more serious, you are more than welcome to talk to friends and family about them or pay attention when you're talking to friends and family. Like, what do they say about this person? How, how do they think, what do they think of this person? Do they mention any really bad things that are red flags for you? Or do they just, is this just a wonderful, good person that, that you know, that they love? Obviously an imperfect person and they might talk about those flaws, but are these flaws patterns and are they red flags? And if not, then that's, that's great. So pay attention. How do they interact with other people? Okay, now the big one. My favorite one, the one that I actually know a lot about, because I have lots of experience with this. First and foremost, before you date another person, before you fall in love, what you need to know, you need to know yourself. This is why I think a mission, and so in my church, the young adults or seniors will go on a mission. And this is typically for two years for young men, and 18 months for young women. And essentially what it is, is you go and in my case, you live at home and you do service. In a teaching missionary's case, they go wherever they're called and they spend every day finding and teaching and serving people. But this is a really great time, if you allow it to be, to separate from romantic relationships and to get to know yourself. Or if you just, experience an abusive relationship you just are no, you're no longer in that relationship thank goodness get to know yourself what do you like what do you dislike who are you at your core how do you react to stressful situations are there things about yourself that you want to change how are you going to change them what actionable steps are you going to take starting now to become a better person what things do you want in a relationship? What kind of person do you want to be with? And I'm not talking, I want brown hair and blue eyes. I'm talking, I want somebody who's honest, who's valiant, who's noble, right? Get to know these things about you, right? So we taught um, one of my mentors who will hopefully join us on a podcast episode here soon. She taught me, she brought up the movie, The Runaway Bride. I don't, and I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a chick flick. Maybe you haven't. But essentially the idea is this girl has run away from the altar, essentially, three times. And she's kind of known as the runaway bride. And everyone's like, well, you can't get her to commit because she always runs away at the altar, <laughs> you know? When it really comes down to it, she can't. she's too scared. She doesn't commit. She runs away. And the thing is, what you learn is that she was always lying to these guys because she didn't know who she was. So she was pretending to be someone that she wasn't because she didn't know who she was. And this is shown through one particular scene where every single guy she had been with previously said she liked a different kind of eggs. And that's such a subtle thing, right? We don't really, you know, you don't really think about that until you think about it, but that's that's a funny way of saying it. But one guy was like, she likes fried eggs. Another guy is like, she likes scrambled eggs. And so the love interest in the movie is like, well, what does she actually like? And she has to figure out for herself, what do I actually like? And that can apply to so much more than just eggs. <laughs> okay. What do you like? What do you like? What, what are you like? Who are you? And this really, I mean, we're going to talk about identity 
and what your true identity is and what what's most important, but spend time getting to know yourself, especially after a relationship or after an abusive relationship, especially, or in a grace period in your life when you don't have when you're you don't have to commit and you have the freedom to be like, okay, let me I'm just gonna get to know myself a little bit. You can take that time when you need. But if you're in a relationship with someone who you feel uncomfortable with or unsafe with or unhappy with, please reach out for help. Talk to a um, marriage and family therapist or a life coach or you can reach out to me, though I'm not, I, I wouldn't consider myself as qualified to talk about those things, but I am more than happy to listen and help you think through it on what you want and what's really going on in the relationship. Um, if you're in the middle of a toxic relationship, you're not going to be able to learn who you are because a toxic person's going to completely derail you from that. They're going to disconnect you from that because if you know who you are, who your tr- what your true identity is, you're not going to take their crap. So you need to get out of those bad relationships in order to really know this, but it's so important to know this to be in a happy, healthy relationship. All right, so really start taking time getting to know yourself, paying attention to what what you like and what you don't like. Um, and this applies to, to when you know yourself and, you're, and you have a level of independence where you are happy with God and yourself. You don't need anything else. Of course, you can want it, but you don't, you don't necessarily need it. You're able to connect to people better. And when you meet another healthy person who's all at the same level as you, you can form an interdependent relationship, not a codependent, an interdependent relationship in which you work together. And it's beautiful where you work together with God. Perfect, beautiful relationship. All right, but get to know yourself. Know how you handle stress. If there's a, if you have unhealthy patterns or emotional things that need to be resolved, then go resolve those. All right. Know what your strengths are. Know what your love language is. Ooh, this one's really important if you're entering the dating realm. Know what your love language is, especially if you're a physical touch person. I'm looking at y'all because I've heard about this a few times from a couple different mentors of mine. I have a couple mentors. And one of them was after a failed marriage. They're like, I am a physical touch person. I'm not, not me, but my mentors. They're like, I love hugs. I love touching. But they also knew that it was very likely that if they entered a relationship and touch became a prominent part of it, at the, especially at the beginning, then it was going to blindside them to the red flags because they're in this in love feeling that they and they don't notice the patterns that we talked about earlier remember those so know your love languages right if you're being overwhelmed with all this touch and you're getting this super dopamine oxytocin the bonding chemical if you're getting super high spikes of dopamine and oxytocin it's going to blind you to some of those patterns and to some of those red flags so you need to be careful and pace yourself with the touch And we're going to talk about the levels of intimacy in another episode because those are super fascinating. There's so much more information on this, this, y'all, but I think these are some really great places to start. Again, check out the book How to Avoid Falling in Love with a Jerk by John Van Epp. That one has amazing information on the scales of 
your trust level um, in comparison to your knowledge level about the person and so on and so forth. Just tons of really great information in that book that I think if you're struggling with understanding relationships or how, you know what if you want to be safer about it, go check out that book. And there are tons of other ones. I haven't read them all. All right, that is all for today, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so grateful to have done this episode with you guys. I hope you learned something and you have something you were able to take away from it. I challenge all of you listening to go write down some things that you know about yourself. As always, if you have any questions or there are any topics you want me to discuss, please leave a comment down below or email me at brokentobreathtaking at gmail.com. Have a great week, and I will see you in the next episode.